You're listening to Technically 200, a podcast featuring the stories of amazing Black and Latina women in STEM. This season, in honor of Mother's Day, we are highlighting the powerful stories of Black and Latina mothers in STEM. Stay tuned each week for these roundtable conversations as we learn more about the inspirational and authentic experiences of Black and Latina moms not only making it happen for their families, but for the entire STEM ecosystem. I'm just humbled to be introducing you all to uh, the Carmens. Carmen Johnson, she is a technical product manager at WP Engine, as well as Carmen Brooms. She is a lead user experience researcher at Handshake. Ladies, welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having us. And and I hope you're okay with me calling you uh, CJ and CB. Does that work? <laughs> That's that works for me. We need a code. <laughs> if at some point you're like, you know what? I'm starting to not like that. Just let me know. <laughs> we'll change it up. Well, so thank you so much for, for joining us. Um, why I and the team came up with this particular season's focus was because we thought that moms don't get nearly enough recognition for the incredible work that they do. And it, it doesn't hurt that we're less than a week away from Mother's Day. So this, it's, it seemed appropriate. But I mean, there is so much that you all do. And yes, of course, you are breaking barriers, breaking through glass ceilings, etc. But you're doing all of that while also moms. So first, would you each please just um, share with us um, how you're a mom? Awesome. I'll go first. <laughs> uh, so I have two uh, girls, uh, Marley and Ivy. And Marley's the oldest. She just turned five. And Ivy will turn two uh, in June. Um, and I have, obviously, due to the timing, they've both kind of fallen in line with my progression through my career in tech. So it's been a very interesting ride, to say the least. <laughs> Yeah, and I have two kids also, but I have a son who's 10, Caden. Uh, he's in the fourth grade and a daughter who's seven, Juliet, and she's in the first grade. So they've also experienced my career in tech. Um, they could probably tell you as many stories or more stories that I can, <laughs> but we'll get to some of those later. <laughs> so how do you two know each other? Uh, so our kids went to school together for a brief period. So uh, Carmen B's kids were already um, at their Montessori school when we joined. Um, at the time, it was just Marley. Um, and one, we hit it off because we were like two of the only Black families at the school. Uh, but then our names both being Carmen, it was kind of like people were always... Uh, it was just kind of a, an interesting issue in itself. They were always confusing one of us for the other. Like, okay. So I, I definitely bonded with you a little bit over that. I don't know if I've ever told you that, but <laughs> that was always a thing. Um, and then our kids kind of became friends. Marley uh, and Juliet, um, Carmen's daughter, Juliet, uh, kind of became little friends. So we'd hang out uh, outside of the school a bit. Um, I think for a while they were going to the same gymnastics school before pandemic life hit us all. So yeah, we got to kind of hang out uh, quite a bit. Yeah, it was really great. <laughs> yeah, because we were the only Black family at the school 
for a while. And then Carmen came and I was like, what? <laughs> Yay! <laughs> We're not the only one anymore. <laughs> so yeah, it was really great to have them. And um, Marley and Juliet were just the sweetest things. They're so cute. And Marley's a little bit younger than my daughter. So she got a chance to be big sister because, you know, she's not a, she's the youngest. <laughs> you know, she has an older brother. So it was so cute. So yeah, they just, they were, they hit it off really well. And mm-hmm. I think Juliet also felt a little bit like big sister, but they still were great friends. It was really great. So I hear the, I hear the connection from the school, but what talk to me about how you all support each other in your, in your motherhood, your momdom uh, to make it through, because again, you're, you're talking about, I mean, we're, we're in the Austin area. So, um, black population like this. And then we're talking about uh, black women in STEM and then moms. So how do, how does, how do you two support your support each other within this very small community, which, and uh, this is actually me guesstimating that it's small. So it may be much larger than, than many of us even know. Yeah, I mean, I would agree it's not. (laughs) So um, it's very, very small. Um, I think for me, um, just having that sense of community and that sense of having someone to talk to that kind of gets a little bit about about just in general what it's like to be a mom, what it's like to what was like to be the mom at a Montessori school where you were the only black family or the only one of two black families. You know, I can I can tell you for sure, like. Being the first black family at the school, you know, I was bringing a lot of books to the schools and da 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 da, um, you know, just just with kids that look like us, um, and so just having another family who um, I could talk to about stuff was great, um, and it was just, yeah, it was just super nice to have Carmen at the school and have someone that was close to where. Um, I also lived because there was a couple of nights we went over their house and things of that sort. So that was really great. And they came to our house a couple of times. So just having that sense of community where you don't feel like you're the only one, I think makes a huge difference for me. Yeah, a hundred percent. I feel like COVID put a wrench in a lot of things because uh, I feel we were just starting to really start to build that community of we're seeing each other a lot and we've got the gymnastics. Oh, let's go grab dinner. Like it, it was a lot easier to have that community when we had time, more time to be physically together. Um, and then there's like a whole year where you literally are expected to not be around people. And then you're like drowning in the dual responsibilities of work. And in my case, work commitments getting harder because the industry we were in was like the perfect place spot, you know, space to be in for, for um, businesses transitioning online. Yes. Come host your site with us. Great. Business is great, but I've also got to figure out how to parent these kids during a pandemic um, when school is closed and, and balancing all the things. um, It was something that I definitely, while I also view that time as a blessing because it did bring us, a lot closer as a family unit. Um, I really kind of mourn the fact that like, that's a whole year of relationship building that we won't get back. And 
um, some of those friendships. Marley was starting to form one that I know that was important to her was Juliet. Uh, we have a this is a sidebar, but we have one of y'all's Christmas cards on our, our kind of on our refrigerator. Every time Marley sees it, she's like, mommy, I want to see Juliet. <laughs> like, okay, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We really are going to do it. We have it set up now, so it's happening. But um, I just, I hate it, you know, because that that's an impact on her. And that's something that she's going to remember, you know, and that she's like, well, what happened to this friend or, or that? And I feel like that's the case in, in a lot of ways. Like we We'd really gotten intentional about building that community uh, for our kids because of that. They're the only in this in the school they're in, which is a great school. But um, it, when you don't have representation, uh, it's it starts to weigh on on their mindset uh, in in interesting ways. And and in the age she's in right now, it's really important for her to see that because she's developing her sense of self. You know, the, the early stages of, of developing that and. If all she's being exposed to in real life are people that don't look like her, it doesn't matter all the books we put in front of her. It doesn't matter all of the other content that we're consuming. So um, try and combat that. We uh, enrolled her in a Black uh, dance school uh, called Ballet Afrique up north. And that's been amazing. That's one of the activities we were able to somewhat continue during COVID. It, she took some time off, but um some friendships we started to develop there that also COVID kind of put a wrench in that because we weren't able to do the classes and families were, you know, kind of, you know, doing their own little bubbles. So I feel that some of that's starting to come back, but I still wonder what the impact, the lasting impact of that year is going to be on them. Yes, because even where we are now, because we moved from where we were before, we were closer to Carmen, um, CJ, <laughs> before, and now we've moved, um, and we are even, it's even less, um, you know, it's even less of us, and so I think we try to be intentional about giving our kids an opportunity to have more exposure um, but it is not easy, especially given we're still in a pandemic uh, and we still have to be really careful. So it is very, very hard. Yeah, I hear that. I, and I mean, the the Austin MSA is not filled with black people. <laughs> and so we we were exposed. I mean, we moved here, what, six years ago. And so we got the bulk of our exposure to black people through our church, which now, you know, who knows when we'll be able to go back in person. So I, I absolutely hear you both on being disconnected from friends that we, I mean, there were some great friendships that, I mean, who know, you know, you know how it gets when, so much changes from year to year and grade to grade that those friendships are lost, which is, which is definitely sad. I, um, I did want to ask you all about this because in speaking about the, just the impact on, on the kids and how, you know, so much can change in the matter of a year. How are you all finding grace for yourself? Because I can only imagine that, there's a fair amount of um, self-bullying for, you know, a rough day or a missed appointment or even some of the things we've already started to talk about in terms of those friendships that, you know, have have potentially disappeared. So how are you all finding grace for yourselves these days? Yeah, um, 
I can start. I'll just be, I'm pretty transparent about certain things about mental health. Um, and during the pandemic, um, I had a therapist before, but during the pandemic, she created a group for black women. Um, and it was phenomenal. It was just what I needed. <laughs> um, so just, I have really realized like the importance of mental health and doing certain things to take out time uh, for myself. Um, another thing that I really try to do is walk. Um, and I've also, and I think we talked about this before, just set boundaries for myself. Um, I can't do everything. Before, I used to try and be super mom and do all the stuff and like have the career and be the perfect mom. And that does not exist. <laughs> I'm telling you now, it doesn't exist. <laughs> so you just have to choose what you're going to do, when you're going to do it, and set boundaries. Um, say no to work sometimes and say no to your kids, kids sometimes. Like they're going to want to do something. Sorry, I just can't do it. You know, I can't have this thing. I can't take you to this thing. I just can't do it because mommies give out. Um, so that it took me a long time to get there, honestly, um, because when I first had my kids, I had these dreams like I was going to be this perfect mom and have this career at tech and I'm going to do all the things. And I found myself getting burnt out. Um, and I just I don't do that anymore. <laughs> Man, I was just sitting here nodding along because like I this concept of like giving grace is really front of mind for me right now. Uh, so it's really moving into this new role where like I'm kind of feeling like I'm drinking from a fire hose all day, every day and just can never kind of get my bearings and inevitably things are going to fall through the cracks and, and et cetera. And I just tend to have the highest expectations for myself as a mom, as a, a woman, as a black woman, as a black woman in tech. I just have all these expectations. And when when things don't pan out, um, I'm not I haven't been very good at giving myself grace. And now I kind of feel like with like the perfect storm of of life and career and and, you know, the things going on with my family and my kids, I'm kind of forced, I'm being forced to, I kind of, I'd reached that burnout point of, I cannot take anymore. So I, I had to start with being okay with not being able to be everything to everybody. And that's been a really hard thing for me to come to grips with because I am a perfectionist at core and a, a can-doer. Yes, it is possible. We can make this happen. It's a great quality in a PM, but it can also be a bad quality when you don't know how to say no and when you don't know how to say not right now um, to Carmen B's point to your kids and to work sometimes. It's finding, figuring out what that balance is um, and acknowledging that it doesn't look the same every day. Sometimes there is no balance. Nothing is balanced. You're, you're having to spend way too much time in one or the other because that's just what is needed at the time. Um, I think um, mindfulness it's probably the biggest thing that helps drive that um, me being able to extend grace and give grace to myself, like being in the moment uh, with whatever I'm doing. I tend to get really distracted and, and you know, I tout one of my, my best skills as being a good multitasker. That's not always a good thing. Sometimes just being able to focus in and hone in on one thing at the moment is really the most valuable use of that time. So just learning to be more mindful and in the moment. Um, prioritizing 
prioritization is like a, a buzzword that's been in my head lately, but it really is true. That applies to life, not just my work. Um, I'm feeling guilty about the me time and like when I do need to focus on myself, when I'm the one that needs to be prioritized, um, not allowing myself to feel guilty about that and, and acknowledging that that's OK, too part of of mommy wellness and being able to be the best mom I could be and the best um, employee and teammate I can be is also prioritizing when I need to say no to things to to make room for myself. So uh, it's a constant struggle for me, but I just I try each day to be intentional about it. And I don't have the key or have it figured out, but <laughs> take it a day at a time. <laughs> Yeah. And just to add, like, I don't think anybody has it figured out. <laughs> I don't think you ever get to the point like where you have it figured out. You just take every day with the information that you have, you know, and. And the other thing is, like, I have recently gotten really. What's the word? Like dispel the black, strong black woman myth. Like, no, <laughs> dispel it. <laughs> you know, um, there's a lot of, you know, stuff out there now that talks about rest being the revolution and rest and how important that is. Um, and so I really, I, I don't, I don't buy into that anymore. <laughs> I don't buy into that stereotype. Plus one. <laughs> I admire I admire all the strong women that have helped me become the woman I am. And I know that I am a strong black woman. But part of that strength is also acknowledging like when you need to rest and when you need to just stop and when you need to not take on the weight of the world, you know, and that's OK. Um, I, yes, I'm loving this revolution that's happening and it needs to get bigger and broader. <laughs> and so. Where do you think that change in recognizing uh, that perfection is impossible? Who's who's slower to make that change or that realization? Do you think it's on the individual side, or you think Black moms are um, are 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 struggling with that, and they're really the ones who need a bit more of a push to make that realization, or, or do you think that's more societal? Do you think that's that's companies need to to recognize that? I 100% think it's a societal issue. It's definitely not, you know, individuals making the choice to, you know, to take it all on and do it all. It's because of the unrealistic expectations that are are set on women. I I black women in particular, um I feel that the pandemic has had a lot of impact, positive and negative in a, in a lot of different ways. But one of the things that it has done is expose just how messed up <laughs> the, the system is and that there is not enough support for for single moms and for working moms. I mean, women, the, the statistics on the impact of, of the pandemic on women and their careers, I mean, that's going to that's gonna have generational and it's because as a society, we've prioritized output and we've prioritized, um, you know, the, the almighty dollar um, and this capitalistic machine that leaves behind the people that don't have the resources. And it's through no fault of their own. It's it's the way the, the system works and has been intended to work. And while it's great that we've kind of had to have this reckoning, 
And I have seen a lot of like individual companies, corporations, startups all, all across the gamut um, have responded appropriately and have kind of tried to implement, um, you know, policies and practices and, and you know, and expanding um, their their outreach programs to try and bridge some of those gaps is just not enough. There's not enough being done at the federal level um, to actually implement these changes across the board more broadly. Um, so it's not an individual issue. It's definitely a societal change. And while there, there is a societal um, issue where change is needed um, and there are steps being taken, I, I don't think it's enough. Yes. Um, and then I want to add to that, like, if we talk about career, if if mothers have to take a time off, if they have to take a break, if they have to say, hey, I need to stop working for three to six months. Um, the truth of the matter is it's not good for our careers and it shouldn't be like that. Like we should be able to do that and still not take a hit to our career. Um, but the truth of the matter, it does, unfortunately. Um, and I, you know, I know when I had, it's more, more particularly when I had my daughter, because I had a three-year-old and a little baby running around and like trying to, well, a three-year-old running around and a, the baby wasn't running around. <laughs> and a baby, <laughs> uh, it was hard, you know, and I just couldn't do what I was doing before. I couldn't do what I'm doing now. Um, and I had to say no to a lot of things that came across my desk. I had to say no to projects. I took longer to do things than other people. And like some of my colleagues, you know, were single, <laughs> had no family, had no kids. So they could get the work done in half the time I could. And I know that for that moment in my career, like that was the hardest point in my career. Um, and I know that my career hit you know, it wasn't at the top of this game, right? So I've been able to do much better now and get to a better spot now. But during that period of time, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it as fast. I couldn't, I just couldn't. Yeah, that resonates so much with me right now because I'm in that period of life where it is hard. It is, it, some days it feels completely impossible, <laughs> all of it. Um, but I, I do take some comfort in the fact that like I'm I'm kind of in the launching pad phase of my career. So this it's hard now. Um, but, you know, as they get older and they kind of get a little more independent and self-sufficient, um, the hope is that <laughs> it won't be quite as difficult to juggle all the things. And that we'll have different challenges at the time. But, man, there is something to be said for women trying to advance their careers while also parenting small children. Um, the more children, the harder. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's tough. And there's just not, there's not enough support at a societal level. What would you say it would be the most, in your opinion, impactful change that could be made, whether at the federal level, at the, you know, within the private sector to support Black moms? Oh, Enforcing paid leave at the federal level is probably like the most impactful widespread change they can make. I mean, I have to acknowledge the immense amount of privilege that that we have, you know, even I, by we, I mean, my family um, just 
even, you know, with the challenges that we do face, uh, we're pretty fortunate. We're pretty blessed. We have good careers in tech, both myself and my husband, um, that afford us the the lifestyle that we have and to have our kids in private school. So like with all that said, it's still hard. It's still so hard sometimes to just make do and, and you know, meet all the responsibilities. So just thinking about um, families and, and moms, single moms, even, you know, black moms um, and dads that don't have the resources, but they still have all the expectations. They still need, you know, to figure out how to care for their kids and, and meet all the things and they don't have the same resources. So for it to be as hard as it is for me with all the resources at my disposal, for families that don't even have half or a quarter of that, it's nearly impossible. And we're seeing the the effects of that. We're seeing the impacts of that. So just giving those families more breathing room and the ability to have life happen like it happens to all of us and have to take time off from work and not have to make the trade-off of, well, if I don't go to work, I can't pay my bills. Um, so that's, that's, I would say that's probably number, that would be number one on my list. Um, so paid leave, um, federal child care benefits, increasing that. Absolutely. I mean, that's, it is expensive <laughs> to, to get child care, just period. And in public schools, you know, if you've got little bitties, you know, school, public school isn't an option. Um, so having affordable child care options uh, is another way that, you know, at least relieve some of the financial responsibility. Um, Gosh, I could go on and on and on, but they they all in some way relate to having more financial support uh, and, and kind of having just that basic, you know, level of living not have to be a struggle to even then be able to consider leveling up your career and kind of a future when you're just trying to survive. You can't really think about how to how to get ahead. So how, how many months survival. of leave? How many months of leave you think? Oh, I I mean, if we're just talking leave across the board, um, I mean, four months <laughs> could be a good baseline. You know, I've, there are plenty of corporations that are extending that to their employees. Four months could be a good baseline. I mean, there are countries that are doing like up to a whole year. So, you know, I I feel like doing something to to try and address the issue is probably going to be the quickest way to get it done. But then ideally, yeah, giving people up to a year to use or the you know the, the financial resources for up to a year um but could be life-changing for some people and i mean how can how can you best be supported by your company right now so i mean i'm you know feel free to share if if you all think you are you are you're in like like that's it no no more kiddos on the way um that's it's up to you to share but um if but given where you are right now, how can your respective employers best support you? Yeah, well, uh, me personally, I have zero problem, Sherry, that I am done dunners. No more babies for me. <laughs> I love them so much, but we're we're good with our two. Um, and I feel I, I truly do feel while, you know, there there is some some opportunity to to um, help support. Um, you know, for leave specific, you know, maternity leave or family leave, you know, just there's always opportunity to give more grace there. I feel like WP Engine does is intentional in um, trying to help employees better balance and put their their personal life first. They want you us to bring our whole selves, and they have acknowledged that enable being able to do that means that 
you've got to make concessions and make sure that we're actually able to prioritize our life when we need to. So we have um, very generous um, PTO policies. Um, we uh, also have like started health and wellness um, benefits for, for employees. I think a lot of the COVID uh, stuff is kind of exposed uh, through surveys and things they've done. Um, they've kind of taken that feedback that this is an area they could lean in in that they hadn't previously. Um, we recently announced uh, that we are, we're rolling out some, some new employee resource groups that are, are going to be geared toward supporting um, families and caregivers. Um, and I think that that's a step in the direction of really getting more insight into what we need. Um, I personally would love it if we could have more uh, dependent care benefits because, again, putting these babies in school is not always cheap if public isn't an option for you. So I think that's one area where where um, companies like WPNG could be more intentional in trying to provide benefits specifically for dependent care. Um, outside of time off, you know, they're actually financial things that we need uh, you know, assistance with. Um, yeah, I think I think yeah, just just it, it, for for WP Engine, that's really the things that are biggest on my mind. Yeah, and I think for me, um, we talked a lot about COVID, and of course, there's some. You know, I talked about some of the benefits where the family got closer together. Of course, there's a lot of negative to that too. Um, but the other benefit is like. Um, companies are now allowing people to work from home. Um, that reduced my stress life a lot because <laughs> I live in South Austin and I worked in North Austin. So, and then there's only certain time periods. So I had to drop off the kids at school at 8 a.m. and then end up in traffic for like 45 minutes to 30 minutes or so. Get into work. By the time I got into work, it's like 9 or 9.30. Then you're probably in meetings most of the day. <laughs> and then you got to get back to South Austin, or at least I had to get back to South Austin to pick up the kids by 5.30. And so then I had to leave work at 4.00. And because I felt like I didn't get it much done during the day, then I used to always get on my laptop at night. So it was very stressful. <laughs> but what I am loving now is I work remotely full time. It is so great. Like some days I drop the kids off at school, but I get to come back home. You know, I get to work out in the mornings for 30 or 20 minutes before I start my day. I feel like I have way more balance just by that simple thing of being able to work from home and not having to commute. Oh, that one is huge. And I can't believe I missed it because I'm in the same boat that that was a life changer. I mean, the commute itself took, you know, two, sometimes three hours out of every day. That's 15 working hours a week that like was just gone. Then I get to work and I'm frustrated or I get to the kids and then it's, you know, the, the kids shuffle in the evening and then get everyone to bed. And then, OK, well, I still have work to do, but now I'm exhausted. So, yeah, staying virtual first. Um, is something that WP Engine's also been very intentional about. So I think that in itself is like the biggest thing they've done for all employees and, and caregivers kind of looped into there. Um, and I really hope this stays the trend because I think I'd have a hard time going somewhere where I'd have to be in person full time again. Um, I've, I've gotten spoiled with this virtual working <laughs> format. Yeah, 
So wait, both of you can now work virtually 100% of the time going forward? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel happy. so much happier. <laughs> yes. I'm like, it was like a 180. <laughs> yes. It took so much stress out of my life, so much. Were either of you surprised about that? Honestly, I I wasn't. Um, it made sense when they made the call. They made the call at the beginning of COVID and then toward the end of the year, made the call to extend it at least through the summer. Um, and they just announced that, you know, for, for the foreseeable future, it will be virtual first format with, you know, teams kind of being able to take the lead on individually how you want to structure an in-person kind of thing, which I think that's going to be an interesting rollout. But just knowing that we have the ability to work exclusively from home. Um, that's just kind of in line with um, like WP Engine's uh, approach. So I wasn't super surprised, but I am curious to see how the hybrid uh, structure is going to work with that in mind. Well, just to just to clarify, were you surprised that it would lead to so much happiness for each of you? Oh, Kind of. For me personally, I did enjoy being in the office as much as I hated the commute. I didn't hate being in the office. I really liked the the culture and, and my team and kind of the in-person getting to, to, you know, run into people in the kitchen or, you know, what's for lunch today kind of, but like that, that was really enjoyable. Um, I was pleasantly surprised to see how easy it was to not have that. I don't think I was one of the people that struggled with not having that face-to-face interaction. Um, I knew I'd be happy to not have the commute. So that was just validating. But I think I was surprised by how easy it was to transition and not miss that in-person part as much. Yeah. And for me, I recently changed jobs, but where I worked before, you know, we had gourmet food every day and fancy snacks. And like, it was nice (laughs) to be in the office every day. Um, so, you know, I thought that, you know, I would miss all of that. I thought I would miss the, you know, fancy food and all of the, you know, all that stuff that came with it, right? The kombucha or tab, whatever, you know, that we got. And I realized that it wasn't important to me. Like what was important to me was being able to work from home so I can have more time with my kids and family and have more sanity in my life and less stress. And so I would, I was like, I don't need that. (laughs) And so that actually took me by surprise because when I interviewed with the previous company, like that was a huge perk, you know, it was a huge perk to have that. But then I realized my priorities, that wasn't a priority for me. Well, so um, I'd love to just learn a little bit from from both of you. Um, What was your favorite motherhood moment feel free to take a moment if there's one salient motherhood moment that comes back and you're like damn that was good what was that oh i think i must say something my son did recently um so i think i mentioned to you how he's a reader and so we um decided to have him test it like for an advanced placement for next year And so he took the class on a Saturday and, you know, he didn't for a while. He didn't tell me much about it. And then Sunday he was like, yeah, mom, they had me um, write this paragraph about if I was a leader, 
a leader of the world or a leader, what would I do or what would I change? And he said that he wrote about equity and Black Lives Matter and equity with um, things of that sort. And I felt really proud of him Um, because just to tell you a little bit about where we are, (laughs) you know, we live um, in Southwest Austin. So there's not a lot of us even a little bit in this area. And he said, yeah, mom, I don't know if the people reading it are going to be black or white or whatever, but I don't care. I said what was on my mind. And I felt really good about that. Um, I felt like we had raised him and taught him well to speak up and say, like if he was a leader, what he would do, no matter what someone else thought of it. Um, So that made me feel real good. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I I would say for me it's something that happened recently, and I'm not remembering the exact like details of it, but it was more the feeling. So bear with me. But um, I kind of mentioned earlier how intentional we've tried to be in exposing our girls to like positive black examples and like people that look like them, and 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 being intentional about that since that's that's not really the, their day to day, and. And something I've been mostly concerned with uh, with my oldest since she um, all of her good friends at school are, are all amazing little girls, but they're all white girls. Um, and so there's always this recurring topic about hair and wanting hair that looks like X, Y, Z person. It's like, well, baby, but your hair does this. Our hair doesn't quite do that, but this is what our hair does. Um, and recently uh, I had a discussion with her where she basically expressed a preference for her hairstyle over one that like before, like the, we call it the Elsa braid, um, which that's because she's always been like, oh, what the Elsa braid, what the Elsa braid. And I could go on and on and on and on about my relationship with Frozen, but I won't do that. Um, but this time, you know, it wasn't Elsa braid. It was, well, I want you to do those twists you do because I love when my hair like clanks around and how how like specific and intentional she was about it when previously like her response to that would have not been that was just the moment where it validated that we're on the right path like we're it's working you know this is still her day-to-day reality but she is internalizing a strong sense of self so we just need to keep it up (laughs) um but yeah that's that was probably my proudest like okay we're not we're not totally screwing this up not totally. Not totally. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so just to wrap things up, and I really appreciate you both uh, taking the time to share your experiences and, and respective journeys, because I've I've taken away so much and I know our listeners will as well. We like to end with uh, just a few standard questions. You've got uh, no more than 30 seconds to answer uh, each of them. So I'm gonna, since there are two of you, I don't want to unduly favor one of the one of the other. So you only get uh, 10 seconds to think about it. One question at a time. All right. Ready? All right. Favorite song that's on repeat right now. Won't he do it? Seven by Prince. Ooh. All right. These are some of the best answers I've heard yet. All right. Second. Favorite dish to be made for you? Uh, anything at Odd Duck. Uh, my husband makes really great grilled salmon. 
on the grill. And then final question is your number one getaway once COVID-19 is not a thing. Well, I know we're headed to Africa. We're going to kind of do a, a tour of several countries. We haven't nailed those down, but that's our next big international. Uh, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I'm going to say Disney because we haven't taken my kids and that's what we were supposed to do when COVID hit. Is that Disney World or Disneyland? World. World. All right. The best. Right. Well, <laughs> thank you so much, Carmen Johnson, technical product manager of WP Engine and mom and Carmen Brooms, lead UX researcher at Handshake and mom. I truly appreciate you making the time uh, to spend uh, with us and our listeners to share um, just the incredible work that you all do, um, both outside and inside of the home and for your families. And, and thank you again. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Matt. It's been great. Yes, thank you so much. Thanks again for listening to today's Technically 200 episode. Don't forget to subscribe and visit us at technically200.com.